This is The Guardian. Today, why Donald Trump's house was raided and why his supporters are celebrating. So developing tonight, former President Donald Trump says the FBI has searched his Mar-a-Lago home. It would mark a dramatic escalation by law enforcement into the former president. Amy Hawker his presidency was unprecedented. And now his post-presidency is proving to be the same. The Secret Service, there to provide protection, confirmed it had facilitated the execution of a search warrant. The White House said it had no advance notice of the operation. Donald Trump has been accused of fomenting a riot at the Capitol building, trying to steal an election, and colluding with the Russian government. But sources tell the Associated Press tonight that the search is related to whether the former president took classified records from the White House to his Florida home. But the thing that finally triggered an FBI raid was how he keeps his files. Well, obviously, we want to look for what was the justification. If this turns out to be you know, merely a clerical issue that the president, you know, in effect, checked out books too long from the archivist, uh, then this clearly is a political attack on the president of the United States. I'm concerned that they may have planted something. You know, at this point, who knows? I don't trust the government. And that's a very frightening thing as an American. This is some third world bullshit right here. Let me say it again. Third world bullshit. For Trump, this investigation might be just the launching pad he needs for another run at the presidency, if it doesn't land him in jail. From The Guardian, I'm Michael Safi. Today in Focus, why the FBI raided Donald Trump's house and what it means for his legal and political future. Hugo Lowell, you're a congressional reporter for Guardian US and you've had a very busy week. What do we know about what happened Monday morning at Mar-a-Lago, the Florida resort that was once called the Winter White House? Yeah, so teams of FBI officers kind of fanned out across uh, Mar-a-Lago around 9 a.m. on Monday morning, according to our sources, and effectively took around 10 boxes worth of classified presidential records that the Justice Department suspected were being unlawfully retained at Mar-a-Lago by the former president and took them back uh, initially to a FBI substation and then back to D.C. Uh, And this all kind of comes on the heels of months of criminal investigation being conducted by the Justice Department into Trump's handling or mishandling of White House records that are kind of sensitive government documents and the Justice Department believes uh, should have never been removed from the White House when he left office. Okay, the FBI raiding the home of a former president. Like, does this happen? How unprecedented are we talking? The entire saga is completely unprecedented, in part because we have such an unprecedented former president. There has been no time in, in living memory where a president upon leaving office takes dozens of dozens of boxes of White House records, which are sensitive and privileged and are supposed to be returned to the National Archives under the Presidential Records Act, and basically use them as souvenirs. And Hugo, what was Donald Trump's reaction to the fact that his house was being raided by the FBI? 
Uh, as you might expect, it was a pretty furious response. It came around 6.30 p.m. on Monday night after the FBI agents had largely left. I mean, he tried to convey in a statement uh, that the FBI agents were still there, but they had, in fact, already left. And he was saying things like, you know, these are, quote, dark times for our nation, as my beautiful home, Mar-a-Lago and Palm Beach is currently under siege, raided and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. And that really wasn't true. At that point, they had already left. Uh, He says nothing like this has ever happened to a president before. And, you know, that would be correct. But it's also because he's been doing these things that are unprecedented himself. And then he kind of goes on to say that they even broke into my safe. And that also turned out to be true the FBI did identify a safe in his office, according to our reporting, and they were able to open that through their expert safe-cracking team, among other things that they searched. I'm just surprised that he thought a safe would somehow be off-limits to the FBI, like why that was so notable to him. It's a, it's a very good question. I think what you have to remember with Trump's statements is he's always there to try and gin up further within his supporters and within his wider base. I think the kind of thing that he's trying to convey to his supporters is, look, I'm an innocent guy who, you know, helped the country, you know, in his mind. And the FBI and the deep state, as, as Trump world likes to call it, is coming after me. And they're coming after me in really kind of vicious ways. They're going through my stuff. They're going through my personal materials. And actually, as, as we reported for The Guardian, they did actually rifle through the personal residences of Trump and his wife, Melania, and their their own bedrooms. And in order to get that warrant to raid Mar-a-Lago, what would the FBI have needed to show the judge? What kind of evidence? The keywords in this are probable cause. They effectively needed to show a judge that they had evidence that there was a crime being committed at a particular location and that the only course of action they could take to safeguard or to prevent that crime from continuing to happen is to go in and seize the kind of offending articles, as it were. And in, in this case, because the crime would have been the unlawful retention of official records, the crime would have been the documents sitting at Mar-a-Lago themselves. And so this is why I think the FBI was able quite straightforwardly to get a search warrant. I would have had to have been approved by a judge. But because of the nature of the warrant, uh, if you talk to kind of current and former Justice Department officials, this would have probably have had to have been approved at the highest levels at DOJ. So that includes people like, you know, the Attorney General himself, Merrick Garland, uh, the Deputy Attorney General, Lisa Monaco, and likely also the FBI Director, uh, Christopher Ray, who we should note uh, is appointed by Trump. Hugo, it's a bit odd that of all the things Trump's been accused of, colluding with Russia, not paying his taxes, multiple allegations of sexual assault, plotting a coup, that the thing that we're now talking about are his practices for handling official papers. Why would there be such a dramatic move from the FBI over archiving? I think a lot of the controversy over this has been because the documents Uh, in question, at least some of them were classified. There's been some dispute in Trump world as to whether or not Trump actually declassified them before he left office. Of course, presidents have wide authority to declassify any kind of materials they like, but they do have to go through kind of official processes. He's not the Pope. He can't just wave his hand over a document and say declassified. There is an actual formal process that has to be followed. And what has kind of transpired in the last 24 to 48 hours is Trump 
likely did not follow through with that official process. So what you have effectively are sensitive government documents that haven't been through a formal declassification process that are just sitting at Mar-a-Lago and potentially could fall into you know wrong hands. And so I think there was a real sense inside the Justice Department that we just can't have classified documents that could reveal you know, the United States' most sensitive secrets just lying around in a private residence and not be accounted for. And I I think a lot of this was a a fear that there might be a national security implication. And do we have any sense of what was actually in those boxes that were taken away, what those potentially classified documents may have been related to? The FBI took around 10 boxes from Mar-a-Lago on this occasion. And in those 10 boxes included a bunch of presidential and classified records. I mean, if you think about all of the materials he took with him to the to the White House, I know we've previously reported, for instance, that Trump gave back about 15 boxes back in January, February to the National Archives. The Times says the archives believes possibly classified information was among the records found at Mar-a-Lago and says the discovery, quote, which occurred after Mr. Trump returned 15 boxes of documents to the government last month, prompted the National Archives to reach out to the Justice Department for guidance. And some of those materials that the archives got back included a figure or model of uh, Air Force One. He also had these love letters from Kim Jong-un. I think a lot of this, you know, were mementos. I mean, there was stuff like, you know, signed napkins like with the presidential seal. Trump was one of these presidents that really disliked the nuts and bolts of governing, but he loved the idea of being president. He loved everything that came with being president. He liked living in the White House. He liked working in the West Wing. He liked collecting the little cups. You know, when you fly on Air Force One, you get these little boxes of Hershey's uh, Kisses chocolates. So I think things like that, he, he genuinely did want to keep. And there is an element, I think, you know, some presidents do tend to take some uh, documents with them after Uh, their time in office, but not to the degree that Trump did, and certainly not classified materials that haven't been through a formal declassification process. And you've said that Trump may have kept a lot of these documents as souvenirs, but I mean, do we know exactly why Trump kept them? Was it because they had some kind of sentimental value, like the letters he exchanged with Kim Jong-un, the so-called love letters? Or was there perhaps some ulterior motive for wanting to make sure these documents were not given to the National Archive? So we don't think or we don't have evidence at the moment to suggest that these documents were related, for instance, to uh, things connected to January 6th, for instance, the Capitol attack. It does seem for the moment that these were documents that he had a personal interest in keeping for himself, perhaps, for, you know, potentially for use for you know, digging up dirt or to have some sort of collateral for a future presidential run, potentially. We just don't have the evidence for uh, that, though, and, and that would really be speculation. And you're saying that if he had simply followed the process for, for declassifying these documents, which he had the power to do, that he could have taken basically whatever he wanted, that the key issue here is not just that he took these documents, but that he didn't declassify them properly before he took them. Well, that's the argument coming from Trump world. It's not clear if that's entirely accurate. The president controls classification authority. It is blatantly unlawful and unconstitutional to even suggest that archivists would be able to say, not the president, what is and isn't classified. So this is entirely a pretextual... 
certainly he didn't go through a formal declassification process on some of these documents. And we know that because the Justice Department was able to get a court-sanctioned search warrant to take these documents back. And if they truly had been declassified, uh, that might have been a different question. But nonetheless, regardless of whether the documents were classified or declassified, there is an element of this, which is you just can't keep official government documents lying around in your private home. That's just how the law in the United States works. And where could this raid lead? What kinds of charges could Donald Trump potentially face? So the statute governing uh, that unlawful removal or destruction of presidential records is rarely enforced. But if it is enforced, the penalties are actually potentially quite significant. You know, anything from fines to up to three years in federal jail. But I think most notably for Trump is this element about disqualification from holding current or future office for the United States. Of course, if he is trying to run for another presidential campaign, then he would be precluded from doing so if he's indicted and convicted of mishandling effectively presidential records. I mean, those are incredibly high stakes. And For the Justice Department, is it fair to say that they wouldn't be launching this kind of raid where the potential for a political backlash is just so huge if they didn't think they were onto something, that they potentially thought they had enough material that it could lead to an indictment? I think it's a good point. We just don't know what the Justice Department intends. Um, It could be that now that they have secured the return of you know, most of these classified or presidential records, they just leave it. But it's certainly the case that if they were to consider indicting a former president over this, there would have to be serious, I guess, evidence that Trump endangered national security. I think that's really where this comes down to. You know, the federal government does not like to enter into prosecutions that it does not believe it can win. And the standard for winning is very, very high. They have to go to court and they have to show beyond reasonable doubt that a former president committed a crime and they have to get a unanimous verdict from a federal grand jury. And I think that is a very, very high bar that the Justice Department um, would face in, in, in this case. And when are we likely to get clarity from the FBI or the Justice Department on, on whether this will lead to an indictment? If there is an indictment, we'll see it on the docket. And that's about as, as much notice as we'll get. You know, the FBI and certainly the Justice Department has a practice of neither confirming nor denying even the existence of a criminal investigation. You know, just because we're opening an investigation doesn't mean that the target of the investigation has committed a crime or is even guilty of a crime. And so that is how the Justice Department operates. Now, there have been instances in the past, most notably when Jim Comey was the director of the FBI. Uh, when Trump just took office, that the Justice Department has announced an investigation if it is in the public interest to do so. One would imagine if the Justice Department was considering, seriously considering an indictment against the former president, that that would fall into such a category and we might get some sort of notice from DOJ. But otherwise, I don't think we should expect to hear anything. Hugo, this isn't by any means the only potential legal headache for Donald Trump. He's being investigated over election interference in Georgia. There are the January 6 congressional hearings, which could be handed over to a federal prosecutor. Just yesterday, he testified in an investigation in New York into his years as a real estate mogul there. Where does this case rank in the troubles facing Donald Trump? 
Uh, not particularly high is, is my understanding. Really, the most uh, potentially problematic criminal investigation that Trump is facing right now would be the special grand jury that has been convened in the state of Georgia over Trump's phone call to uh, the Secretary of State there, Brad Raffensperger, where he said, I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes. You know, to overturn the election results and kind of return me as president. And because that phone call was recorded, it, it is widely believed to be the criminal investigation in which Trump has the most legal exposure. You know, that being said, the January 6th stuff is also very, very significant for him. I mean, if you think about the charges or the accusations that have, you know, come from the January 6th committee in Congress, those are really serious crimes. I mean, the January 6th committee have, has effectively accused them of conspiring to defraud the United States and obstructing uh, an official proceeding, both of which are very, very serious felonies and only one step down from uh, seditious conspiracy. And so I think, you know, those are the real investigations that I think pose the biggest threat to him. But, you know, the one thing that I'm always told by former Justice Department officials is you don't have to indict him on the sexiest charge or the biggest charge. You just have to find one charge. And if he gets indicted on something smaller, let's say, you know, in, in this case, the, the mishandling of presidential records, the penalties, you know, as we've discussed, are still pretty severe. You know, he, he'd be disqualified potentially from running for future office. He might even face jail time. He would almost certainly be fined. And so they're like, look, you don't have to go for the biggest charge, you just have to find one. And if you get convicted on one, it's all over. Coming up, we've heard the legal implications of Monday's raids, but what about the political ones? Hugo, I can see that there's a dilemma here for the Justice Department because they know that these documents are out there and they they need them back, but something as dramatic as raiding a former president's home is likely to trigger a huge political backlash. And Donald Trump is already trying to make sure that happens. What kind of reaction have we seen among Trump's diehard supporters to what happened on, on Monday morning? I think the reaction against the Justice Department uh, and the Biden administration has been kind of both swift and uh, severe. You know, congressional Republicans very quickly came to his defense. I mean, if you think about the two top Republicans in Congress, that's the uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell uh, and the House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. Uh, McCarthy almost immediately had a statement that said, Attorney General Garland, you know, clear your calendar and preserve your documents, you know, uh, kind of indicating that they were going to haul him before Congress. But then I think more insidious was Mitch McConnell's statement that, that came afterwards that said effectively he wanted the Justice Department to explain why they went after uh, Trump, which would be upending, you know, decades of precedent of how just the Justice Department operates with these sorts of criminal investigations. I'm Laura Ingram. This is the Ingram Angle from what feels like a banana republic tonight. The deep state's revenge, that is the focus of tonight's angle. Can I just Fox News has come to Trump's defense uh, like it was the time of the first impeachment, um, which is really, really significant. I mean, they really... Um, they were on the airwaves on the evening of the raid and then the following day uh, coming to the former president's defense. And all the guests they had were people who, who were saying that the raid was 
uh, an overreach. This was you know, politicization at the Justice Department. The way our federal government has gone, it's, it's like what we thought about the Gestapo and people like that, that they just go after people. Make no mistake, if you're associated with Donald Trump in any way, you better cross all your I's and dot all your T's because they're coming for you with the full force of the federal government. And also supporters on the ground. I mean, there were, it was almost like it was like a vigil for Trump. I mean, all these supporters turned out outside Mar-a-Lago, you know, with like honking, honking their uh, horns. Uh, we're walking around with big flags, uh, you know, flags for Trump. So it's been a very visceral reaction. And I think that has surprised a lot of people. There's been a lot of discussion about civil war. Um, and I think that is that has kind of rattled Washington to some degree. I can see a real, a real tension here, Hugo, between trying to uphold the legal standards, potentially trying to defend national security, and the risk of doing something that might be handing Trump a political gift, something to rally his supporters behind him after a few months in which his reputation has been a little bit tarnished by things like the January 6 hearings. Do we have any sense at this early stage of the politics of what happened Monday, of, of how this is going to play out for Donald Trump if he does seek to run for president again in two years? I spoke to a number of close advisors to Trump uh, in the immediate aftermath of the raid and also the, the day afterwards. And the universal reaction has been, what a huge gift we have just been given by the Justice Department. This, I'm hoping, goes beyond simply not complying with some archiving laws or DOJ just handed Donald Trump the Republican nominee and potentially the presidency. If it's seen as some sort of massive... You know, Trump going after DOJ and the deep state is kind of playbook for him. It's kind of his bread and butter. He's very, very good at weaponizing kind of investigations into him, into, into saying like, you know, this is this is government overreach, it's politicization, it's partisan attacks on me to try and prevent um, me from running for office again. And that really plays well to his base. Unelected deep state operatives who defy the voters to push their own secret agendas are truly a threat to democracy itself. And actually, we have seen that nothing really turns out his base as much as him saying that he's kind of being persecuted. They really dislike, you know, government overreach or, or perceived government overreach. But I think that's just kind of the political climate at the moment. And I think it's already taking hold because uh, Trump has already released a video uh, ginning up kind of his supporters. The tyrants we're fighting do not stand even a little chance because we are Americans and Americans kneel to God and God alone. And it is time to start against Democrats and against the Biden administration. Um, and, you know, this has been a hallmark of his entire time in politics. So it's potentially a huge political gift as long as he can avoid being indicted and convicted. Right, exactly right. If he's actually indicted and convicted and he ends up going to jail or he or he kind of loses the, the ability to say, look, you know, the Democrats keep investigating me and they have nothing on me and it's a witch hunt. So the moment he loses that argument or the ability to make that argument, then I think that things will change a little bit. But certainly for the moment, so long as he's just being investigated and hasn't been indicted, uh, it gives him the kind of the window and the, and the space to claim that he's being politically persecuted. Hugo Lowell, thank you very much. Thank you. That was Hugo Lowell, a congressional reporter with Guardian US. You can read his coverage of Donald Trump's legal troubles at theguardian.com. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Tom Glasser and exec by Sammy Kent. 
Sound design was by Rudy Zagadlo. The executive producers are Elizabeth Casson and Phil Maynard. We're back tomorrow. This is The Guardian.